So finally, there's been a not slow week in tech news. We have a lot to talk about on this episode. And before we get really started, we'll just make a quick programming note, which is that we have once again rebranded the podcast because apparently the name that we had switched to was already in use. So this is now versions instead of CPU. So with that said, good morning, Jason. I am your other co-host, Uluru, and um, this is episode one of Versions. So, how are yeah. you doing, Jason? Uh, I'm doing good. Uh, a quick note on um, anybody who's uh, like a previous listener of CPU. Um, the feed is the same. It's just a different name. So, I guess technically we are episode four. Okay, gotcha even though episode one of the new name. Um, okay. So we're yeah. just going to call it episode four. Yeah. To yeah, avoid confusion. Yep. <laughs> All right, cool. So welcome to episode four of versions. Um, <laughs> so you didn't watch the keynote live, did you? I did not. I watched it probably four hours after. Okay. I watched um, Lord of the Rings <laughs> instead. Nice. That's a good life choice. I was really impressed with the way the keynote turned out because I thought that what they were going to do was actually like have it being recorded live. Like I thought it was going to be a similar setup to the keynote in the Steve Jobs Theater, except they would just, you know, uh, record it live with no audience. But everything was pre-recorded and it was very well done because they had had time to do like post-production on it. So it, it all looked really good. It was much more concise it was about 40% shorter because there was no applause after every major announcement. So uh, I was overall really impressed with the with the um, format of it. And also the announcements themselves were good. So where do you yeah. want to start? Do you want to start on like the minor things like tvOS and watchOS? Uh, yeah, let's start with those two things. I was originally just going to think we just go in order, but I think doing, you know, watchOS and tvOS, the, the smaller things kind of makes more sense. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, because we can knock those out pretty quick. With yeah. tvOS, there are a couple of UI changes, like Control Center looks different now. Yeah. I, had, so, well, I actually only recently learned that Control Center even existed, but <laughs> it's, it's pretty nice now. Yeah, we, we use it all the time. Yeah, it's, it's good. Um, and they didn't change anything about the way the remote itself works, which I guess could change in some hardware announcements later this year. So yeah. for the most part, it's the same user experience, except it looks a little cleaner. So yeah, it's pre- it's pretty good. It's nothing major, but it's not like disappointing. Yeah. So with tvOS, they also added some like home stuff, just yeah. like yeah. smart home controls. It's basically stuff that you'd expect. Yeah. So yeah, the, oh yeah, like you said in the notes, they're also pushing Apple TV Plus. So. <laughs> Do you have Apple TV Plus? Uh, I still have the uh, free the free trial from when I got my iPhone 11, like oh, eight shoot. months I think ago I or should, whatever. I should have a free trial too because I have the new MacBook Pro, right? Like, oh, I think yeah. that trial in- includes MacBooks as well as iPhones. I think, so, yeah. yeah. Okay. You might want to check that. Although we have it, but I don't think we've watched anything in like the past seven months <laughs> yeah it's so <laughs> i'm not that impressed by apple tv plus to be honest no not really so 
I guess that's all on TVOS. Do you want to talk about watchOS next? So watchOS, uh, well, actually, you should probably lead this because you actually have an Apple Watch. I do not. Oh, yeah. So. Okay. Yeah, so watchOS 7 has some really interesting stuff. To me, the watch seems to be the platform where they're constantly like, let's figure out how to do this crazy thing that it doesn't look like it's possible to do. Yeah, but yeah. Th- like, how would you figure out this based on the sensors on the watch and the information that you can pick up from the motion sensors and stuff like it's crazy how much they're able to do with so little information like figuring out whether you're dancing with your upper body or your lower body or both like those are some insane mathematical problems and they just feel like okay we're gonna just do the advanced math that would be required to figure this out so the watch is like really cool because it's constantly doing these random things that you never expect anything to be able to do on such a small chassis with so few sensors built in so stuff like detecting whether you're washing your hands and telling you to watch for a full 20 seconds that's pretty cool and watch faces can now support multiple complications from the same app so that allows for the closest thing we'll ever get to third-party watch faces because a developer could make an app and say okay just populate your entire watch face with these several different complications that we have so yeah um, it'll essentially do the same thing that a third-party watch face would do. So yeah. I, I actually have not been wearing my watch regularly because, I mean, there's not much activity to track. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, you know, but it's I like the UI changes that they make to subtly have more information density or make things easier to use. That's what interests me most about the watch, like seeing how much... Um, like I've always been more interested in the connectivity side of the watch than in the activity side, but um, they're making good advancements in both of those. Yeah. So um, you don't have an Apple Watch, right? Uh, I do not. Okay. Are you planning on getting one at any time? Maybe sometime, but um, well, it's not I'll... that compelling to you. Not yeah, and um, uh, when we get to macOS, uh, I'll you'll you'll kind of see why (laughs) um yeah but the sleep tracking actually is kind of neat um yeah it makes it a much better fitbit competitor yeah yeah um it's it's specifically the um alarm where it vibrates because i used to have a fitbit before it it broke um and i used the the silent alarm which was a lot better than uh, a noise alarm. I hate sound alarms so much. Yeah. So yeah, th- those are all good features. Also, you can share watch faces with people. Um, it's cool that you can download a watch face from a website, but I can't imagine a lot of websites actually doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, there's there's something else we'll get to later that I think will kind of go along with the uh, watch faces. Um, okay. Do you want to talk about AirPods now? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so, do you have AirPods? Uh, I do not, but this is making them even more compelling. <laughs> yeah, especially the AirPods Pro now. Yeah, yeah. The spatial audio feature is really cool because it adjusts based on the motion of your head compared to the motion of the device. So yeah, it yeah. basically perfectly simulates, or I mean, supposedly it perfectly simulates a movie theater with surround sound. I say, yeah. I say theoretically, cause like in theory, this is how it should work, but 
we'll see how it actually works in the real world. I think that, yeah. that usually the AirPods deliver on the promises they make. So yeah. I'm excited yeah. to see how those turn out. I don't have the AirPods Pro, so I'm not going to be able to see that myself. But yeah. uh, it's cool. Yeah. Uh, and then the device switching is kind of oh, yeah. the the key feature here. <laughs> yeah. Um, for some reason, I thought that was already supposed to have existed. I just thought like it never worked. Because yeah, I thought I way back when they introduced the AirPods, they said they would automatically switch devices. Maybe yeah. that's just between the iPhone and the watch. But yeah, I mean, it's something that I'm glad now exists. Yeah, it's going to make things a lot more convenient for a lot of people. So now I think we've covered everything on watchOS and tvOS. So we can get to the yeah. interesting stuff now. Let's yeah. save macOS for last, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And that, that's kind of where I think I have the most opinions and things <laughs> right. so okay so you you start off talking about ios okay so ios is ios 14 now duh <laughs> um they pretty much um redid the home screen which is great uh it's the home screen's kind of been the same since ios 1.0 um, so now we can have widgets, which is, that's been rumored, so it's not unexpected. Um, so you just kind of put them anywhere on the home screen, uh, taking up minimum four app places, maximum, I believe, 16, I think, is the large one. Medium is yeah, I think that's right. two by four, so eight. They can get pretty big. Yeah. Um, and the, the smart stack one, actually, I think will be pretty neat. I'm, I'm excited for that one. You know, yeah. So did you see dynamic, dynamic changing throughout the day? Right. And stuff. Right. So the smart so. stack is one where you swipe between multiple widgets that occupy the same space. Did you see that the smart stack is not the only way to do that? You're also allowed to just stack whatever widgets you want. So huh. if you don't want it to automatically adjust them, you could just say stack weather and news and leave it at that. So it's not a smart huh. stack. It's just... I like um, that. Yeah, try right. That I'm not a huge fan of, out. right. I'm not a huge fan of their attempts to like intelligently curate things based on the time of day or whatever. So I'm glad that they let you uh, choose which widgets to stack. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, although I think the one downside to the widgets, and this is kind of a big downside, they don't support touch interaction. Right. So you tap on it and then it opens to whatever. It's like a certain location in the app, but it does not support actions, which is very unfortunate because that would have been, for me personally, I think I would have done like email and uh, my to-do list as a widget. Oh, yeah. Um, and then just like, you know, delete or um, check things off uh, via the widget. So that's unfortunate. You can't do that. Yeah. So also, this is a bit of a sidebar because we'll talk about iPadOS later, but in iPadOS, those app widgets only occupy the same space that they did in the column on the left of the screen. They can't go around this, the, the entire home screen like they can on huh. iOS. So it's a weird limitation, especially because you have so much more screen space, and I would love to make it more like a desktop with... Yeah app icons and widgets like distributed all over the place yeah so 
they also have picture in picture now which is long awaited yeah and a lot of people were wondering why it didn't exist and there was no reason other than that they couldn't do it because or not that they couldn't do it they just didn't want to because now they do and i'm curious to see whether picture in picture is only supported on some devices like it might not work on older iphones i don't know that's just a theory because right because like older ipads didn't support like slide over or split screen because of technical limitations so maybe picture in picture is similar i don't know yeah Yeah. so there's also app library and you have in the show notes you have craig is a monster can you explain (laughs) what you mean by that did you see how dumbly he had his home screen set up oh you mean at least on the demo phone Oh yeah, the same way it no is. No folders default. and the apps yeah. only used the top half of the display. And he also kept putting the phone down after doing like very small demos. He'd put the phone down, right. talk for a second, and then pick it back up, which made no yeah. sense. I think that the thing with the home screen layout was just to uh, illustrate. But onto the, the feature that he was talking about there, um, the app library, which has been an Android since day one and should have been an iPhone a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, so App Library is really useful. It looks really nice. I think Apple has a good habit of taking Android features and just making them look better because I'm not a huge fan <laughs> of Android's aesthetic. So I'm glad that they have done it after so long. Yeah. But I'm also glad that it looks better. Yeah. Although I do hope that they do have a um, alphabetically sorting mode. Because I don't do, know if yes. I, they do. Okay, good. Yeah. Because I don't know if I want to use those smart folders. Right. I'd so if you just have an alphabetical list of apps. So the way it works is if you swipe over into App Library and then you tap Search, you have a, you see the list of all your apps alphabetically. So you have uh, to tap okay. Search first. It's not like uh, the default view. So yeah. it's kind I of hope a they, hack. I hope that, yeah, I hope the default view um, you can change it to alphabetically. Because I don't, I don't like the, the folders that much. A lot of stuff changes in betas, so they that could is true. Yeah, that. yeah. So hopefully you can also hide specific app pages, which is cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, and if you noticed in jiggle mode, <laughs> which is I guess official now, um, the apps have a minus on them, which is remove, not delete, remove. So that that's a little bit concerning um, for a you know usability and discoverability um, for people who have used iOS in the past because um, that's you know typically that's where you delete the app but it's just remove it from the home screen um, so hopefully you know there's like a, um, a easy discover. Uh, easily discovered way to actually delete an app Um, because I know there's probably going to be a lot of people that never know that the app library exists so yeah so hopefully yeah a lot of these features are like really cool but I don't know how many people are going to end up using them because people are just so used to using their phones the way they have for like 12 years now yeah so there's also some new stuff for maps, like cycling directions. That's only in some cities, but... Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
and I guess the there are some like UI changes, but nothing major in maps. I, I was surprised how much focus they gave it because it's really just like cycling directions and electric vehicle routes. And you have in the notes written, will Tesla be supported? I don't know whether it will be because they don't have CarPlay. So yeah, that's that's kind of you know that's why I wrote like, that in there because it yeah. 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 Oh, so. let's talk. Okay, let's talk about messages because I'm very Ooh, happy about yeah. this. Um, you can pin conversations, and they show Yay. up in a nice little like grid at the top of the messages screen. You can reply to specific messages, which is something that's been in a lot of uh, messaging apps for a, a long time now. And the way that they do it looks nice again. Like, once again, you see Apple copying the competition in a way that looks better. <laughs> and you can also directly mention people in, in conversations. And you can yeah. set, you set yourself to only get notifications when you're mentioned. So those are all really nice changes. I'm looking forward to getting a group of people together on iOS 14 to actually, like, make use of those features. Because yeah. um, I'll have to wait until fall for, like, everybody to be caught up. Yeah, yeah. Um, have you been having trouble with Siri lately? Like I've heard a lot of people saying Siri is like just totally useless. And I haven't I touched you... Siri in probably a year. Oh really? Okay. Yeah, I do not. I don't. I don't use any of the um, assistants or anything. I basically only use Siri to make phone calls. That's about it. Yeah, I, I don't even do that. It's just easy enough to go into the app and find someone's name so siri also now has a ui that does not occupy the whole screen on ios it's just in the bottom middle basically in the same spot where the home button used to be kind of on old yeah. iphones and it's in the bottom right corner on ipad os so it's much better it gives you a lot uh, it gives you the ability to reference the information on your screen while you're talking to siri and it's something that's been a long time coming. And also phone calls have a similar change where they no longer take up the whole screen. They just show up in the top middle. So yeah. that's much nicer. Yeah. So let's talk about that Translate app because I think that looks really nice. It's again kind of copying Google Translate, but I think the <laughs> UI looks nicer. That's just my personal opinion. Yeah, and I, I think it's, the, it's simpler. So. Yeah, the conversation mode is also really nice. Yeah. The way that it automatically activates when you rotate to landscape mode, it's yeah, really cool. Yeah, that's, that's super neat. So I'm looking forward to trying that, but yeah. um, I don't really have anybody to communicate with in different languages because I'm just stuck at home. So <laughs> a lot of this stuff will have to wait until things get back to normal before we can really, you know, like try these things. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, It'll be cool to actually use iOS 14 to its fullest in like a year from now. Yeah. <laughs> so let's see what's next. Oh, okay. So you can now use your iPhone instead of your car keys. And one of the coolest yeah. parts of that was that parents can use, uh, you can specifically grant their kids permission to use the car at specific times. Like you can send the car key as an iMessage attachment, things like that. So yeah. that's, that's really cool. That's yeah. That's that's gonna be probably useful for a lot of people with um, newer cars. So right. 
and also you can use the car key for up to five hours after your phone has died. So, wow, it's, uh, yeah. So it's good for emergencies too. For for the most part, it's not something you'll have to worry about, especially with newer cars that have phone chargers built into them. Yeah. So yeah, that'll be cool to see when it. And like, I think it'll be like five years before it's commonly supported. That's yeah. just a random guess. So also, the last major thing on iOS is app clips, which, yeah. as you point out, you will have to wait until they're like widely supported before they're actually good. Sort of like yeah. how Apple Pay took a little bit for adoption, but now it's everywhere. Yeah. But I think that's that'll be cool just to play around with. I might try making a clip just for fun. I don't even know yeah. what I would do with it. <laughs> um, there are 10 megabytes max, and they're basically just pieces of apps that um, do specific tasks, like subsets of what an app can do. Yeah. And they can also redirect you to download the full app if you want it. Yeah. So you can send them in messages. You can get them downloaded from NFC readers, things like that. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think that'll be that'll that. I think it'll be really cool if it's supported. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. The only way that this is going to be um, something that everybody's going to use is if people actually support it, and get it out in the in the real world um instead of just you know like the the ideal situations that apple always um puts new features in <laughs> um, right so we'll we'll have to we'll have to wait and see it hoping, seems like it's I'm not going to take support it because i think this yeah. would be really neat i don't think it's going to take a lot of effort to support them because they're so small i think the development process is really simple compared to making an app in the first place so yeah I think the way they make it, it's easy for developers and it's also easy for users, which I think is a really good combination. Yeah. So yeah. now we can talk about iPadOS. They have basically added sidebars to everything. That's one yeah. major change. I, th I think that's a, I the, think that's a good change. Um, yeah. Because the 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 tab bar at the bottom is kind of iPhone, but stretched really really wide so i, right. I think the, it's, the it's sidebar makes a lot more sense especially with the the larger screens yeah so, yeah i'm excited for that feature even though i don't have an ipad <laughs> right yeah my ipad is not gonna be able to run ios 14 it's oh, always gonna so be on ios 12 so <laughs> Um, they didn't make any changes to the multitasking system, which I wasn't sure whether they would do that, but it could have used some cleaning up. But yeah. they, the way they've designed apps now, um, th like the way they've changed them to be more Mac-like, and I, I guess Mac-like isn't the right term. It's th They're just more practical for large screens. It's not necessarily Mac-like. It's just more reasonable. Yeah. It's kind of a common sense change. So they've also got the better call UI, the better Siri UI, and a better search UI now that looks almost yeah. exactly like the macOS Spotlight. And one yeah. thing I'm curious about with that is how do you activate Spotlight if you're just using the touch screen? Because usually what you do is swipe yeah. down on the home screen. That would be a weird gesture to use for that the, the way that looks. You know what I mean? Like you swipe yeah. down and then it shows you a different looking UI. I don't know. Yeah. But if you, if yeah. you would activate it from with, with uh, command space, it looks pretty normal. So yeah, um, I'm curious although, to see how the gesture works. Yeah, although Spotlight 
is technically available on iOS. Um, I don't know if it's the new UI. Um, I would assume it is, but you can activate it by double tapping the back of the phone if you have it set that way. There are There's a new um, accessibility setting where you can tap the back of your phone, even if there's a case on, and have it activate something. So I saw someone on Twitter have it set for Spotlight, so I'm assuming it's the new UI or something Ooh. similar. That's so, really cool. Yeah. I did not know that was even possible for them to do. So yeah, is there like an actual, they, there can't be an actual sensor on the back. I guess it would just be motion. Yeah. Detection. I think that, yeah. The, like, or like the accelerometer or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and then there's also no paper background in the notes app, which is oh, yeah. great. Um, really? I'm sad about that. I always oh, like, I, the... oh, I hate the paper background. Huh, okay. Um, and then also, um, this one, this one's also up to um, developers to support it. But you can set default apps for mail applications and browser applications. Oh, okay. So that's gonna be that's gonna be neat. Uh, no message application defaults. Um, it's still messages. Uh, but I'm I'm excited to see you know what the what the UI would be like. Um, for you know if you tap on a link whether it open you know whether it opens in safari or you know or if it brings up a little dialogue like on android asking if you want to use um, the safari or whatever other browser you have um, yeah. so i'm excited for that one so i'm still sad about the lack of the paper background <laughs> <laughs> i always like the skeuomorphic looks yeah. And speaking of skeuomorphism, I think we can move on past iPad OS now because that was yeah. pretty much it. Let's talk about the way Mac OS looks now. It's yeah. now on version 11, so we're no longer on <laughs> Mac OS 10 point whatever. It's Mac OS 11, Big Sur, and they have um, icons that are basically like more layered versions of iOS icons. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of the fact that all the icons are now in the same squircle shape yeah but, i'm not um, either i so it's very inspired by ipad os obviously the, like yeah, they yeah, are getting as close to merging ios and mac os as they can get without saying they're doing it because the designs yeah. are looking ever more similar and it's hard to say what the fundamental difference is between a mac and an ipad i think the only yeah. thing that's never going to change is the rule of the ipad is you always have to have the whole screen occupied by an app or more apps. So, yeah. um, whereas on Mac OS, the windows can be resized, Yeah. but I don't think that's a big difference. I think eventually the iPad and Mac are going to look way more similar than they do now, especially with yeah. the other big announcement with the Mac, which is arm processors, but they actually never used the word arm. They just said Apple Silicon. Yeah. So yeah, that's a big transition. It's only going to take two years, which I was surprised by. Yeah, and um, they said they would have, they would have the first Apple Silicon Mac shipping by the end of this year, which is pretty crazy. Yeah, do you think so, it's going to be an iMac or a MacBook? I I think a MacBook would make more sense. I um, agree because they have more power constraints. Yeah, although I do want to go back to macOS eleven. Um, yes, yeah. Sorry, I are, sidetracked. 
yeah, so there are some concerns I have. Um, I won't be able to test it because my Mac is one year too old. <laughs> Ooh, yikes. So, guess who's going to have to buy a Mac now? <laughs> um, yeah, so definitely looks like iOS, uh, specifically iPad OS. Um, but uh, some of the... There's definitely some new features that I'm excited about, like Control Center. I think uh, will be super, super neat. Um, you know, just the having Control like Center. Your... It looks like it's designed for touch, like the way those. Yeah, which is look, a little bit. It's, it's almost like they're getting ready to give the Mac a touch screen, but I don't think that's ever going to happen. Still. Yeah, yeah. Same thing with uh, Notification Center. Notification Center looks a little touchy. Uh, but one thing I am a little bit concerned about from just like a you know a Mac user standpoint if you want to rearrange all of the icons in your in your uh, menu bar you have to command and then drag command click and drag but when they were talking about control center and dragging something into the menu bar it was just click and drag which that doesn't that seems like they're kind of moving more towards a mouse on a iPad, not a Mac with a mouse. Right. That makes so, more sense. Yeah, because yeah. if you yeah. click and drag on, on one of your icons, like on the top or in the or even in right. like the app menu, it will drag down to an item in the list. And then releasing will select the item. So having control center where it's not command, click, and drag um, kind of seems like maybe it also moved to like the the items in the menu bar instead of just in control center um it's inconsistent yeah seems a little inconsistent and if they were to make it consistent um, i don't think i'd like it um with you know just dragging things kind of wherever that doesn't seem very mac like that seems like an ipad thing yeah, I guess so. one of the things with the Mac is that it's always required more like control and um, like knowledge of what you're doing, I guess. Because like yeah. most people don't even know how to rearrange their menu bar icons. Yeah. So they're, they are, I think they're basically sacrificing complexity for usability, which I don't think is a trade-off that they should make because the Mac yeah. shouldn't be about a usability as much as it is. Um, complexity and for, like for the most part the mac is very understandable it's very easy to learn yeah. but the ipad has always been easier for, for people to pick up on for the first time i guess yeah but i don't think that it's a good idea to make the mac more ipad like in the context of like changing the way gestures work and things like that yeah so but i think it is good to take some tips from ipad os when it comes to ui design just not like in the ways that would sacrifice the mac's ability to do so much yeah so basically they're making they're basically just making mac os more limited without adding a whole lot of functionality yeah because control center is a bunch of things that you could access in other ways they're just more convenient now but it's yeah. sacrificing convenience for mac likeness so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and another another place i i I don't know if this is like 100%, but um, another place I was kind of seeing the, the kind of an iPad-like nature was in the Safari demo. 
um, when they dragged uh, just an image onto the new start screen or whatever they called it um, to set as the background. She dragged the image over the window and the background changed before the image went away. Yeah, I saw. So just because of that animation, it kind of looks like um, actions are kind of moving to more of a mouse mouse down activation approach instead of mouse up like macOS has been for years. Oh, oh, I see what you mean. But I think that was just for that specifically. It was um, it just intended to show a preview. Yeah. So. But I can see how you're. You mean like it's slowly moving in that direction. Yeah. I. Yeah. Mouse down versus mouse up. It's very subtle, but it's very noticeable. <laughs> um, specifically, like between um, like the music app and the podcasts app. Uh, Catalyst apps um, are activated using mouse down, while Mac apps are, or AppKit apps are activated using mouse up. So, ho- I'm hoping they fix that and keep everything activated on mouse up. So last year, Apple very adamantly said, "No, we're not merging the iPad and the Mac." So they were very clear that they wanted to keep them distinct, even if they were supposed to be equally viable for people to use as computers. But that makes you wonder, what, do the, what is it, the point of making them different in the first place? Why not just have a device that combines the best parts of both of them? They're, they're already trying to do that because they're letting them influence each other so much. So it makes you wonder, what will the differences between the iPad and the Mac be in five years? Really, the only difference right now is that on the iPad, you can't have resizable windows that you can move around the screen. And yeah. philosophically speaking, that's the only big difference that you you might never change. Because I could see the iPad getting a terminal app or Xcode or all, all the other things that the, the Mac has, probably except for the desktop paradigm. So I think that's really the only difference between the two that will possibly not ever be eroded but yeah it, that makes you wonder why not just give the ipad the ability to have freeform windows so it's i'm not convinced that they're never going to merge the ipad and the mac because i think that especially as the mac gets similar chipsets and um, thermals and all that they're going to realize what's the point of even having uh, having two different computing platforms when we're already making it so that there, there's one platform with two different versions, essentially. So the iPad yeah. is not... It, it basically, like when Steve Jobs introduced the iPad, it was supposed to sit halfway between the iPhone and the Mac, but it's no longer doing that now. Now, instead of going iPhone, iPad, Mac, you have iPhone, and then the iPad and the Mac are tied for first place, basically. So... Yeah. So... Do you think that there's a chance they would merge the iPad to the Mac in like 10 or 15 years? The way it's, the way it's going, it definitely seems like that. Um, it, yeah, it definitely seems like the Mac is becoming more like an iPad. Um, it, they seem to be you know removing a lot of you know what I would consider to be key features of Mac OS, uh, like icons that have different shapes um you know uh 
mouse uh, mouse up and not mouse down uh, actions. Uh, some more you know uh, pointer friendly UI elements instead of touch friendly UI elements, which kind of seems where it seems like we're kind of heading that way with macOS. Um, yeah, a lot a lot of the a lot of the things seem a lot um, you know. UI elements seem larger, and you know there, there's less things in in the um, title bars of apps. Uh, so they seem to be removing a lot of features. Uh, Mac OS is kind of becoming, you know, like uh, there's only three controls on the screen instead of uh, you know there's ten compared to Windows like thirty controls on the screen. Because um, you know where Mac OS was, there there was um, like even on the current version, there was kind of Windows was uh, Windows was like put all the controls on the screen um, so you, you can see them all, um, you can get to everything. And then macOS was like, okay, we'll give you more space, um, but we'll hide some of the 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 um, some of the options that you can choose from. Um, so where they're at now, it kind of seems like oh, we're gonna put everything like we're just gonna like remove features and we're gonna hide different elements so you just get like the bare bones you can do real basic things but not much more than that like that that just kind of seems like that's that's where we're heading right now unfortunately um and if we you know if we you know if mac os kind of continues going this way um i would be less inclined to um buy a mac over a pc um especially you know with like all the like how much they're slimming macOS down, um, which is you know kind of concerning and unfortunate. But we'll we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to you know have to get my hands on a um, you know something running macOS 11 and see see how much they've actually you know see if see if it's as bad as it looks. At least in my opinion, um, I'm really hoping not because I don't like Windows. But you know. The, the way this is, you know, the way they're kind of, they seem to be kind of slimming everything down is concerning to me. Yeah, it seems so. like instead of making ideal versions of the computers they already have, like making macOS more functional and iPadOS more understandable, I think what they're doing is they're asking the question, what does the ideal computer look like? Which is why they're moving the Mac to their own chips and why yeah. they're giving iPadOS more functionality. Because I think their idea of the ideal computer sits somewhere in between the iPad and the Mac. It's not more complex than the Mac and it's not less understandable than the iPad. And it's really hard to strike that balance, but I think they're trying to do it and eventually it's going to lead to them merging the platforms because eventually nobody's going to care about having two different platforms. I think if they tried to merge them right now, that would be problematic. But in 10 yeah. years, that might not matter. Like, because who knows what the ecosystem is going to look like in 10 or 15 years. Yeah, I'm actually expecting even sooner than that. Um, especially with, you know, kind of how aggressively macOS and iPad kind of, you know, are starting to match feature-wise and, you know, even actually even processor-wise. Right. Um, so, you know, seeing that is a little bit, you know, um, unfortunate. I like, you know, I like features. I like flexibility. Um, and, you know, with what macOS 11 looks like, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of flexibility. Um, 
I mean, there never really has been a lot of flexibility with macOS, but um, you know, they're definitely they seem to be slimming it down. But yeah. I hope I'm surprised when I try macOS 11. So. Yeah, me too. So, what other big things happen with Big Sur? We have um, the the design changes we covered, Control Center. There were the map guides, which are basically just Apple's curated tour guides to different locations. Um, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I think that'll be neat. That'll be an interesting thing. That's on uh, uh, iOS as well. So. Yeah, it's interesting how Apple is now also a tourism that. company. <laughs> yeah. And in Safari, they have a lot more privacy controls and more extensions. So you also get to decide which extensions can access the data from specific websites and a lot more privacy stuff that like describes what content was blocked and ad, yeah. like ad trackers and things like that. And what's the thing about the traffic lights not looking centered? Oh, you're talking <laughs> about the buttons, right? Can you hear me? I'm so sorry. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. So what just happened for our listeners? I think I think you should leave this in the the recording, Jason. Um, what yeah, just happened was I accidentally moved my mouse up to the top left corner of my screen, which I have set to be a control to lock the screen. So no. that um, that hung, <laughs> that hung up the FaceTime call. I'm sorry. Uh, okay. So, okay, now that we're back, you said something about the traffic lights not being centered. You're talking about the close, full screen, and minimize uh, buttons, right? Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if you looked closely at, um, you know, some of the app windows, uh, but I noticed it um, in the in the keynote. Uh, but in some of the apps, the traffic lights, well, actually in most of the apps, the traffic lights were not centered or aligned right. Hmm. And it wasn't like consistently not aligned, right? Like all the apps are always, you know, slightly too high or whatever. They were always different, which hmm. I hope they fix. Like, Yikes. Um, yeah. That might just be, is, was that something you were seeing on the website or in the keynote? In the keynote. Okay. So yeah. Interesting. So I, I really hope they fix that. I bet they will. That's I, yeah, kind of an I, obvious They problem. left that in. Okay. Yeah. Okay, well, I think that's it for macOS 11. So I think now we need to talk about um, Apple Silicon. Oh, yeah, yeah. So much better power consumption, or I guess much worse power consumption because it's less power consumption. So, yeah, yeah. So, um, well, actually, that would be better. You know, right. using less power is typically better. Yeah, as usually. Long as, you, you know, as, as long as you can you know, counteract that with um, better you know, performance and things. Right. So I'm really excited about this because it means that the laptops are actually going to have all-day battery life instead of all one-hour battery life. Yeah. So that's yeah. very uh, that's a very welcome change. I think everybody's been waiting for this for years now because after the iPad started getting attention for its high performance. So the uh, the Apple Silicon, I'm guessing um, they'll probably have wait i don't even know what i was saying just cut that out so with apple silicon they're basically just going to have better performance in thinner frames i'm guessing this is going to allow them to make the macbooks even thinner but i wish they would just focus on having even more battery life in the same size because 
Yeah. Like it, yeah. If, if you can get all day battery life in a really thin notebook, then try getting two day battery life in a slightly thicker notebook. So yeah, I think yeah. the current I, size is pretty much as thin as they need to go. Yeah. And yeah, I hope they, you know, I hope they improve their, you know, thermal performance because typically they've been really bad with thermal performance. Yeah. Um, so if they get, you know, get their act together with thermals, I think they, and you know, and the better power consumption, they can make a really powerful machine. Yeah. Um, which would, which would, that would be really, really good. Um, for a lot of reasons, although I do have concerns on uh, a couple of things, which I'll get to probably after we talk about a couple other things. Um, okay, yeah. Such as uh, the compatibility with current Intel um, Intel binaries um, and applications and things that currently only run on Intel-based Macs. Um, so Apple is um, bringing in uh, Universal 2, uh, which is binaries that run on both Intel and Apple Silicon or ARM, um, and then Rosetta too. So you can run Intel applications on Apple Silicon, uh, yeah. which, uh, based on you know their really lame demos with Word and all that stuff, <laughs> moving the image around in the in the text field. <laughs> um, uh, I'm I'm expecting it to be decent. I'm not expecting you know amazing performance. Um, the the demo with the uh, the uh, with uh, Maya was uh, pretty cool, um, and then uh, you know virtualizing uh, well virtualizing a uh, web server. Uh, was oh yeah, yeah. Also a lame demo because that really doesn't take that much resources <laughs> to right. you know host a, a literally a text document. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. So I at least it wasn't a I'm game hopeful, demo. But oh wait a second, there was a game demo, but it was like there thirty was, seconds long. Yeah, oh, they demoed Tomb Raider, and it looked really bad. I don't know if you've ever seen that game played on a PC, but I've not like, actually. Oh my gosh, their Tomb Raider demo looked really bad. Like that's like PS2 level graphics. <laughs> like it's bad. Um, I'll take your word I don't for know it. What they were thinking? Yeah, see, don't get I, don't I game on a Mac. Don't it. get a Mac to game. Yeah, it's a bad idea. No, I only use it for Minecraft, really. Um, so they also, like we mentioned, iOS apps can run natively, and it seems like iOS apps running natively is like the opposite of running Mac apps on the ARM architecture. Because now yeah. they, there were some rumors that they were going to allow you to install macOS on iPads, to uh, um, as the like developer transition kit, but instead what they're doing is they're having Mac Minis with A12Zs, which I yeah. think is pretty cool. Like I wish I could get my hands on one of those. Yeah. So um, that's an interesting transition kit. Not there, there were some people who were expecting that, some people who weren't. I think it's the most practical solution, just because yeah, it's yeah, uh, yeah, flexible. Definitely. So, um, and also they have a huge aversion to wanting to add macOS to iPads. So, the yeah. mere thought of that probably makes Craig Federici cringe. But yeah, <laughs> I, I kind of wish they would do that, just because it would be funny or yeah. interesting. I'm sure someone's gonna figure that out. And oh yeah, get macOS installed on on an iPad someday. 
Yeah, because I mean, so, you you could find a way to hack it on if you can figure out how they got it on the Mac Mini, I guess. Yeah, I'm not a hacker yeah. person, but I'm sure somebody will do it. I'm sure someone will. Uh, so why don't we get on to? Uh, well, I have a couple concerns uh, with you know some of the some of the things. Uh, I'm going to start off with you know some something that probably developers are going to relate to. Uh, the I, iOS apps running natively on iOS, I mean, uh, on uh, Mac OS. I think having, you know, that as a default, because it's a default to have all apps running on Mac OS. I think that's a, a concern um, for the, you know, the people that, you know, they build like an iPhone app, they build an iPad app, and they build a Mac app. You know, a, an example would be, let's say, things, you know. It's a it's an expensive app. It's ten dollars on iOS, fifty dollars on Mac. If they don't check that box that says "Don't let my apps run on the Mac," then people could just buy the ten dollar iOS app and have it run on the Mac and just use that. Which the, that you know that for you know financial reasons for the developer, that's a terrible idea. Um, plus, there's apps that are just like they're not meant to be, you know, used with a mouse. Uh, I think an example of that would have been um, actually uh, Monument Valley that they demoed. Uh, that that I think that's a that's a touch-based game. I don't think it's <laughs> meant for a mouse. Um, so, yeah, that that's that's my concern with you know running you know iPad and iOS apps on the Mac, like it, ju it just kind of uh, brings you know laziness to the table, um, right? Either on terms of users or developers, you know, I, which I'm, I'm concerned about. Like, I'd rather not use you know, I don't know some like I don't know like Word as an iPad app running on a Mac. I'd rather have you know Word as either a Mac app or a a catalyst app you know like something right. that like m is meant for mouse support not just like oh yeah we'll add it because you know ipad has it so and even uh, with even with um catalyst apps i think there's still the concern about laziness on the part of developers because apple yeah, exemplified yeah. this when they had some really bad catalyst apps last year like apple news is absolute trash on catalina so yeah. um, they were kind of providing an example of why Catalyst can be bad when you're talking about like quality as far yeah. as like having an app be really Mac-like. And that gets us back to the philosophical discussion of what is Mac-like even supposed to be now. So yeah. um, it's, it's a pretty complex issue because a lot of people might not care, but people who are concerned with the quality of Mac OS, like people like you and I who use mac os because we like it more than windows um yeah because of ui reasons particularly yeah. uh, at least on my part that's that's why i like mac os yeah. um yeah. they might erode the relationship with people who do care about the difference between a mac app and an ipad app so i'm curious to see how this affects consumers um i'm like wh whether consumers will even care about the whole arm transition 
I think most people probably won't notice, but they'll be glad to, like, they'll just be convinced by the numbers of you get twice as much battery life or however much it is. It's not going to be that much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, you you Uh, also had a list of concerns about things like (laughs) discrete GPUs. So explain. So, I mean... That's yeah. There's there's no secret that Apple's kind of terrible with, um, you know, when you check out a, well, when you go to buy a a Mac, there's like no options. You get like the two different CPUs that are available, and like, if there's even a GPU option, there's like two or three. Right. So yeah, like, I'm hoping that they still do discrete GPUs. Um, specifically for like video editing and things Um, because uh, the reason I'm concerned about this is because they pushed the GPU performance of the silicon so hard in the keynote Um, so yeah I I hope that you know discrete GPUs are still an option um, specifically for video editing and things Um, and then also different chips like you know like right now you can get a macbook pro with like an i5 or or an i7 well an i7 or an i9 Uh, you get them for different reasons but you know if it's an apple silicon they might just be like oh you get the a12z or whatever and that's it like yeah so i'm really hoping that there's will the options at retail be the same as the ipads or will there be a lot more options i'm thinking it'll be like the ipad that's just i'm hoping for more options um, because you know there's people that need actual like they need more performance um, than you know like the the cheaper options so i think what they're going to do to solve that problem is they're going to keep the intel Macs around with all their separate gpu and cpu options they're going to keep those around long enough until they're okay and comfortable with having just one of their own chipsets available and that's it because it's all you need because it'll be so good but it'll be a while before that's possible especially on things like the mac pro which i mean if they if they say the transition is going to take two years does that mean like the mac pro is going to be running on apple silicon in two years that's pretty impressive that yeah that's impressive i mean i'm i'm assuming that's what they meant yeah Um, yeah hard to yeah. misinterpret the transition will be complete in two years so um, yeah i'm looking forward yeah. to seeing what the whole lineup of, of ipads and macs looks like in two years because they're talking about yeah. having new display technologies and all this other stuff so i'm looking yeah. forward to the future this whole keynote really makes you look forward to what's gonna come in the next few years yeah yeah so i think that's all for now right uh, my, yeah, my laptop is at 30% 13% battery because of the Intel chip bad Intel um, so <laughs> I'm going to have to get off eventually if my laptop's going to die um, <laughs> so that was a good talk we were on for over an hour but it's probably the show is not going to be that long because we were I was cutting out for most of that time <laughs> uh, there was for our listeners thank you to Jason for um editing this because I'm going to be uh, cutting in and out a lot on the recording. I've had <laughs> bad Wi-Fi for most of this call. So, Yay. Yeah. <laughs> so 
that is our talk on WWDC. Surely we'll have some more stuff to talk about next week because new stuff always comes out. New news, yeah. all that stuff. So, um, uh, have a good afternoon, Jason. Well, I guess it's still morning for you, but I will have yeah. a good afternoon. You will have a good morning. <laughs> and um, as usual, our listeners can find us on Twitter. I am at Uluru Speaks. I am at human that human Jason. Alrighty, and this is versions, not episode one, but episode four. <laughs> and um, thank you guys for listening, and good talk, Jason. Yeah. See ya.